In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Family, before we begin our meditation, as I was proclaiming the psalm, if if all of us, we've heard this a million times. It's at every funeral, very beautiful meditation at a massive Christian burial. But I'll tell you something that always used to, well, always did, kind of, bothered me about the 23rd Psalm. As you know, it's set my table before, the, before me in the sight of my foes and I'm walking through the dark valley of death and there is evil because I'm supposed to not fear evil. Here's the part that I just never quite got until today. Only goodness and kindness will follow me all the days of my life. I have to tell you, I confess, I didn't never believe it. <laughs> No, that's not the way, that's not life. It seems like trouble. The more faithful you are, the more trouble. But just now, it just dawned on me. So listen to the words again. Only goodness and kindness will follow me. It's, it's the trouble. It's the evil. It's, it's, there's not following you. It's confronting you. It's getting in your face. It's giving you a hard time. And when that happens, dear family, this is happening so much today. Part of our meditation is on that. Just remember, yeah, this, you're faced with evil and bad shepherds. But, but goodness is following you all the days of your life. I, I just never got it after all these years, after how many times I've heard this, until just now. So I'd share that with you. Your family, is it just divine providence or do you think sometimes Jesus is just trying to get me into trouble? Just yesterday, we heard these words from the great prophet Ezekiel. Because you are haughty of heart, you say, a God am I, I occupy a godly throne in the heart of the sea. Oh, yes. You are wiser than Daniel. I love, I love saying that with a little sarcasm because you just have to know. It. There's no secret that is beyond you. So many people out there today, inside and outside the church, act like that. So wise, so knowledgeable. Then today, well, here's, here's the really get me into trouble bit. We, we hear these words from Ezekiel. Thus says the Lord God, whoa. To the shepherds of Israel who have been pasturing themselves, should not shepherds rather pasture sheep? You fed off their milk, worn their wool, slaughtered the fatlings, but the sheep you have not pastured. Watch this next part and just say this hasn't applied to the last five, six months. You did not strengthen the weak, nor heal the sick, nor bind up. The injured, you did not bring back the strayed, nor seek the lost. Your family, the, the thing is, if, if, I kind of was joking, obviously, if, but if Jesus was trying to get me in trouble, fair enough. For it would not be trouble he himself 
He didn't get in himself in on a regular basis. Remember that deadly serious passage from Matthew 16 when Jesus said to the apostles, quote, look out, this quote, look out and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And then you, you might remember their funny response, quote, they concluded among themselves saying, it's because we brought no bread. And then, of course, Jesus knew they weren't getting it. So he said, in deadly seriousness, do you not, he's talking to the apostles, do you not understand? Do you, do you not remember? He just got done feeding the people, right? Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many wicker baskets you took up? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets you took up? How do you not comprehend that I was not speaking to you about bread? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Well, it was like one of those aha moments for the apostles, one of those light bulb finally goes on moments for the apostles, quote, then they understood that he was not telling them to be aware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. But the family here, Jesus was just teaching the same thing as is what I call the life lesson of rat poison. Just as Jesus was, Jesus taught that we must, that we must be leavened from heaven so that Heaven's leaven raises the dough, raises our souls to heaven by raising our faith. He's similarly, he's saying, beware the leaven of the Pharisees, which would not raise our souls to heaven. And that's why in another place, Jesus just out and out straight up told us, I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And of course, the scribes and Pharisees knew full well Jesus was talking about them. From time to time, for instance, quote, when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they knew he was speaking about them. And although they were attempting to arrest him, Jesus, they feared the crowds, for the crowds regarded him as a prophet. And then, dear family, the coup de grace came when Jesus no longer was just talking about them or to them in mere parables. There came the time when Jesus had enough and he got right into their face and gave them the ripping they so richly deserved. In Matthew 23, the astounding woe to you chapter where Jesus lambasts the scribes and Pharisees, not in parable, but right to their face. You remember how it went down, quote, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Actually, I'm sure he didn't say it quite as nicely as I just did. Woe to you is more like it. Woe to you, blind guides, blind fools, you blind ones. These are all quotes. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, blind guides. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs which appear beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of dead men's bones and every kind of filth. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you serpents, you brood of vipers. How can you flee from the judgment of Gehenna? And Gehenna, of course, is that place where 
fires and the wounds are always there. I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten times, Jesus gives them the ripping they so justly deserved. Listen, that's not me making it up. Just read it for yourself. Jesus wouldn't have said it if they didn't deserve it. All this calls to mind that humorous line. Well, Jesus, why don't you tell us how you really feel? What Jesus was saying was exactly what he said through the prophet Ezekiel that we heard in that first reading. Thus says the Lord God, woe. It's the same word. Woe to you, the shepherds of Israel who have been pastoring themselves. You do not strengthen the weak, nor heal the sick, nor bind up the injured. You did not bring back the strayed, nor seek the lost. And this is key. Remember what the prophet Ezekiel said that Jesus said next. Therefore, shepherds, hear the word of the Lord as I live, says the Lord God, because my sheep have been given over to pillage because my sheep had become food for every wild beast, because the shepherds failed their job. Thus says the Lord God, I swear I am coming against these shepherds. Listen, if I was, yeah, if I worry about it for myself, I some of these other ones who haven't been pasturing the sheep, I'd be a little nervous <laughs> that the Lord God swears he's coming against them. I will claim my sheep from them and put a stop to their shepherding my sheep so that they may no longer pasture themselves. I will save my sheep. For thus says the Lord God, I myself will look after and tend my sheep. And isn't that the 23rd Psalm? The Lord is my shepherd. There's nothing I shall want. His goodness, his kindness will follow me every day of my life. So now, dear family, what, we're, what are we to do then in these days when it is clear to those that understand that simple principle, God gave us a brain, let us use it. What are we to do in these days when there is, as Shakespeare put it, something rotten in Denmark? What are we supposed to do when the weight of so much force outside the church and inside the church is allied against your presence before the real presence? specifically present during the holy sacrifice of the mass. What should we do? What we should do is spend a lot more time contemplating martyrs. We do that by contemplating the martyrs themselves, certainly like the young boy, St. Tarsisius, who we, we ask for his intercession every, at the end of every mass, who lost his life protecting the Holy Eucharist. Like the young boy of our century, St. Jose Luis Sanchez del Rio, who lost his life because he proclaimed, Viva Cristo Rey. Boy, the Lord was his shepherd. Look what was in front of him, but look who was behind him. Or like the young virgin martyrs, like St. Felicity and Perpetua, like St. Cecilia, who, who lost their lives rather than degrade their bodies. And we must do this because we are living in a time. We are living in a time when the abomination of the Pachamama was, was brought into the temple. 
We're living in a time when we're told by shepherds, do not breed like rabbits. Holy. We're living in a time when a beach ball can be placed on the altar next to the tabernacle and the response from the scribes and Pharisees of our days is crickets. We could go on and on, dear family, and that actually is the problem that we could go on and on because there isn't just one or two of them or even a handful, but rather more crickets upon crickets in the face of it all. Crickets, when James Martin gets invited to the Synod on Youth and then prominently, as we've just seen in the past couple of days, prominently is paraded across the stage at the Democratic National Convention. The family, what does that tell you about them? And what does that tell you about him? That they chose him instead of, say, the great Cardinal Burke, the great Archbishop Chaput, the great Bishop Strickland of Tyler, Texas. They choose James Martin. Tells you all you need to know about who is Catholic and more importantly, who is not. These are crazy times, dear family. So listen closely, just so you know that you are not alone. Understand this here and now, every single day, I actually am tempted to ask myself, well, why put up with it anymore? So please, dear family, please, if ever you have just such a moment, if ever, you're tempted to lose hope. If ever you're tempted to throw in the towel, if ever you're tempted to say there is something rotten, not in Denmark, but in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, always remember and never forget that there were a ton of bad scribes and Pharisees. But there were 11 good apostles and from them came all the goodness, the truth and beauty that we know and that we see in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We know it and we see it lived out in glory by St. Tarsicius and St. Jose Luis Sanchez del Rio, lived out in glory by the Virgin Martyrs, St. Felicity and Perpetua, St. Cecilia. So whenever we are confronted by the James Martins in the church or a shepherd who would dare, dare to accuse Catholics, of breeding like rabbits. And by the way, dear family, just so that we're clear on this, those words do not happen by accident. That was not just some slip of the tongue. Whenever we're confronted by the likes of such shepherds, let us remember the promise of our Lord Jesus, first made through the great prophet Ezekiel. Thus says the Lord God, I swear, I swear I am coming against these shepherds.
I will claim my sheep from them and put a stop to their shepherding my sheep. I will save my sheep. For thus says the Lord God, I myself will look after and tend my sheep. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.